0: Day that Jesus made. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. There you go. Amen. Always pushing the wrong button. God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a mighty God we serve. Somebody ought to just shout. Amen. That's better. That's better. Woke up three people. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Praise the name of the Lord. God is so good. Look over into 1 John, chapter 4. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Now, I'm going to get into some things this morning that's going to be a little bit controversial for you. Some of you's going to like it, some of you ain't. That's for all my sermons, <coughs> but uh, I believe what I'm preaching to you is is, is a truth that, that we have failed to deal with and to recognize with, and I'm going to try to take it a little bit slow, so don't. Don't think that uh, this opportunity for you to go to sleep. And, uh, but how many of you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what First Peter 2 and 24 said is true? I mean, well, you can quote it or not. It's in the Bible. You know it's true that by his stripes we were healed. In the book of Matthew, it says he sent his word to heal and Jesus did as much for our healing our deliverance as he did for our salvation he did as much for our sanctification he did as much for uh, bringing the promises of God to us as he did for our salvation now oftentimes people don't have any problem believing God for certain things. Just, just for instance, to give you a for instance, salvation. A lot of people, all of you sitting here, you believe God for salvation. You come to an altar, you give God your life, you give God your heart, and there's no doubt in your mind that that didn't work, that it worked. and you And you are walking evidence that it worked. You you say, you even go about saying, I am saved. Jesus Christ has come into my heart and come into my life, and now I am a Christian. And you say those things, and you stand your ground. Somebody will come along and tell you, oh, you ain't a Christian, you didn't get saved, right? and You didn't do this. You'll say, no, I know that I am saved. I'm a Christian. Why? Because of the cross. Because Jesus died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. Now he dwells in my mortal body. And so therefore I know that I am a Christian. Well, why can't we take the rest of what God says and be as adamant about believing and get the same results in our life as we do when we believe for salvation? Why can't we believe in healing and receive our salvation? Well, I'm going to tell you why. It's because we don't do what we're supposed to do, in order for that to work. All right, give you give you an example. When you come to Jesus, you repent for salvation. If you don't repent, then you don't. You're not born again. You have to repent. You you say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. I confess my sin before you. And, and I want you to forgive me for that. That's repentant. Well, when it comes to healing, we don't believe the area, And most of the time, we don't understand disease and sickness. Because I'm, I'm going to give you Bible this morning, so you get your pen out and begin to, to write these scriptures down. But I believe that all diseases have spiritual roots. I'm going to say that again because some of you didn't hear me. All diseases have spiritual roots. See? Well, where, where do you think they came from? They just showed up one day? This body was not created to carry disease. It was created to live forever, the body was. When Adam sinned, his body was created by God and it was going to last him forever. Well, when sin came in, it took Adam 900 years to learn how to die. He didn't know how to die because there was no death in him. He didn't have anybody he could talk to that had ever died. He couldn't ain't you glad but he, he had death on him but he didn't understand what death was. So it took him about 900 years or so to figure out to learn how for his body to succumb to death. And so when he did he died and then later on in the years up to now uh, you know even in New Testament it said God give man 120 days. Even up to now, we've gotten dying down to a science. We can die, uh, you know, real quick. We can die 10 years old, 20 years old, 30, 40, 50. We know how to die, but we don't know how to live. See? Because why? Because uh, there's a, in the book of Romans it said there's a spirit of death and there's a spirit of life. We are working under one or the other. We are born, again, we are born into this world under that spirit of death. So now, therefore, we, we know how to die. Everything we talk about has got death wrapped up in it. Everything. We, we got uh, cliches and sayings that we use that has death wrapped up in it. We say, well, it scared me to death. You know, in other words, this thing is is working death. My vocabulary, and it sounds so... So correct to say it because it doesn't sound right to say, well, I was uh, I got joy under life. Yeah. you know and, and no one they'll look at you like you're crazy. What are you talking about? Joy under life, that's stupid, you one of them charismatic, you one of these and, and they, you know that don't make any sense. Why? Because it doesn't sound right because we're so used to the sound of death right. upon us and and so so therefore we take death as natural and life as unnatural we we think we think death is what everybody does but living we're surprised if somebody lives to be 110 years old they'll show some little old lady in a wheelchair in a in a rest home somewhere that's 110 years old and they'll put the microphone and Say well, how did you live 110 years? And she'll say, Well, I just tried not to worry and didn't care, and you know, just live my life. You know, real. That's too simple. We got to have a psychological, scientific explanation of why you live so long. Amen. So, all disease have spiritual roots. They come from somewhere. The greatest cause of sickness, now you listen to Dr. Williams. The greatest cause of sickness is fear, anxiety, and stress disorders. Now I can give you diseases that, that all that. These cover you take stress disorders. That's a that's a that's a avenue to high blood pressure, heart disease, heart attacks, strokes. All these things come out of stress. Your body wasn't made to carry stress. All these things, uh, fear, anxiety, cover all the diseases that you can have in your life. But we have the cure for that in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. <coughs> there is no fear in love, but perfect love. See, now some people will have a problem with that word perfect. So I have looked it up in the Greek. The word perfect means complete. The complete love, accomplished, the accomplished love, consummate in character. The love, the perfect love has been consummated in your character. Consecrate, finish, fulfill, or make perfect. And mature is in there. Mature love, all right. Well, I'm going to add some to it, but uh, I, would, I would add uh, mature love and unconditional love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. It has torment because of what it brings into your life, disease, sickness. And these things. See, a lot of people they 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 uh, they don't really understand what fear is. They think fear is going to a horror movie and getting and, and becoming afraid of something. That's not the fear I'm talking about, and I get into it a little more in just a few minutes. He hath he that feareth is not made perfect in love, is not made mature in love other words, he's childish. He's immature. All right. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13, and chapter 17, verse 22, these are the introductory verses for the insight into spiritual roots. Proverbs 15 and 13 says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. See now you need to get that and understand it. A merry in verse chapter seventeen, verse twenty-two, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But a broken spirit drieth the bones. See, it's quite obvious from from these scriptures that our our psychological wellness can be affected by victimization and by rejection by others. Now look at that. Why are you going to have sorrow of the heart or where your spirit is broken? Why would you do that? It's because of what someone did. It's something that happened in your life that concerns other people other than just you. And it could be a lot of things. It doesn't have to be somebody who intentionally just, just, just hurt you or intentionally just come after you. It could be a, a circumstance or something that happened in someone's life that affected you. And it could be because of rejection in your life. Nobody likes rejection. What does that do? That causes sorrow in a person's life. Now that's going to be important to you in just a few moments. Now I know I'm not jumping and holler, spitting, well, I am spitting a little bit, but I'm not jumping and hollering and screaming about things going on, but you listen to me this morning. You get your listeners out because you're going to need this. See, So in John chapter 1 John 4.18 there are four parts. Each of these four parts must be individually read and recognized and digested to apply them to our lives. Now, I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember, it was Wednesday morning. It was Wednesday morning. Uh, uh, Tuesday night, I'd gone to bed. I always go to bed kind of early, somewhere between 9 and 10 o'clock. And uh, I usually go to sleep pretty quick. Uh, some, you know, 15, 20 minutes it takes a lot of times to go to sleep. Well, about... Twelve o'clock, I woke up, and uh, so I'd get up and give me some water and, and look out the window and see if anybody running through the yard and stuff, you know. <laughs> my neighbor, see if my neighbor's dog's are, And uh, all kind of, you know, just moving around and checking on the kids, just went back to bed, couldn't go to sleep. Laid there and tossed and turned. So about two o'clock, I decided to get up. I got up and made me a pot of coffee and, and uh, said I'm just going to read and study a while and I said Lord if you want to talk to me I'm open here I am praise God I'm not resisting you I'm, I'm open to your Bible and, I'm and these are the things that come out of that. I begin to study I begin to study first of all about insomnia why people couldn't sleep <laughs> Well I found out that fear and stress and and these things are a reason that people can't sleep. They, they worry, and, and they have fear. That worry is cause, because of fear. But, but anyway, I, that's why I said that to, to get you to understand. I'm taking it a little bit slow because this is so important. In, in uh, 1 John 4, 18, I've already read it, but let me say it again. There is no fear in love, but perfect, we could say, Mature, unconditional love casteth out fear. Well, you know, if you unconditionally love, then you're you're not a you don't have fear that your love will hurt you. Now how many times you heard people say, Well, I just don't get too close to people, I've been hurt quite a bit. You know, I don't go to church no more because that church and people hurt me and and uh, so I don't go to church. I just stay at home. and uh, That's fear because I'm not going to get involved with, with anybody else because I've been hurt. I'm not going to have any more relationships with anybody. I'm not going to marry anybody. I've, I've been married one time, and he turned out to be a scoundrel or vice versa and, 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 and this thing and that. So, you know, I'm just going to live by myself, fear. Well, to live with unconditional love. In other words, I got love in my heart, and it's on condition that you be what I want you to be. That church be what I want it to be. You used to have a man that come here. He'd come in and sit down and look like a bullfrog. He would blow it up. I ain't lying. I mean, look like baby Buddha over there. I said, what's going on? Well, there just ain't no love in this church. No love in this church. I said, well... How many people have you got up and loved? I'm mean, to get up from where you're at and go love somebody. Why, why is it that that you say there's no love in this church and you're not loving nobody? Go love somebody. Well, finally, he just quit coming because he never could find no love in the church. I didn't want to hug him either. might go hopping off somewhere. Anyway, you never know. But there's an unconditional love. That love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. And he that feareth is not made perfect. He is not made mature in love. All right, now part one here. I told you there's four parts. There is no fear in love. There's no fear in love. That's what the Word of God said. You're going to have to break this down in these four parts and uh, and then meditate upon it and run your scripture references and get the, to and pray until God will show you the answer here if there's no fear in love if you're not loved uh, if you are not loved perfectly then fear comes if you are not loved perfectly then fear comes if i'm if i am loving you are you going to be afraid of me Amen. If you know someone loves you and cares for you, then they have your best interests at heart. Are you afraid of them? But if somebody does not love you, you're always looking at them a little sideways. You know, you're not sure about what their motives are and what they're doing. So if I'm not loving you, are you going to be a little skittish with me? 1 John 4.18 says there's no fear in love. What, well, what is the antidote to fear? Love. love. Hallelujah. Praise God. Love. Well, part two is perfect love casteth out fear. Praise God. It cast out fear. I'm not afraid of you. Why? Well, I'm not afraid to love you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of this person. I'm not afraid of that person. I'm not afraid of this thing. I'm not, listen to me. They are people, and I'm going to cover this a little better in a few minutes, that are afraid of God. The right. Bible says if you're God, it's the fear of God is beginning of wisdom. That's not what he's talking about, being afraid. Right. They don't trust God completely because they fear him. Why? Because they ask him to help and he didn't help. They asked him for something, then they didn't get it. They prayed for somebody that didn't get healed. They, 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 they were believing they gave so much money, expecting some money back, and didn't get it. Now, now, boy, i am tell you what, I, I'm going to have a little bit of fear about giving in the offering. I have fear about telling somebody that God will touch their life. I have fear about witnessing somebody and telling them they can totally trust God with all their heart and all their might because, because he didn't do what I thought he should have done. So we, our perfect, he said the perfect love of God casts out fear. And a fear comes from not being loved or accepted perfectly. And if we've not been loved perfectly or accepted perfectly, then guess what comes into our lives? Fear. Let me ask you a question. How is your discernment? Can you tell me? If there's if there is fear in not being loved, if no love is there, there is a fear that comes. That's the fear that causes these diseases. The antidote would be to receive Perfect love, or could I say, love cast out fear? Amen. So your road to wellness is through perfect love. Amen. Think about this now. Think about it, boy. I could, I could, I could go. I'm taking kind of easy with y'all. <laughs> love cast out fear. All spiritual-rooted diseases that are caused by fear involve a breach in relationship at whatever level. Now get this, because it could be a breach in relationship between you and God. Now I had to deal with that with myself. I'm looking at myself. Is there a breach between my relationship with God? Now, don't tell me, don't sit there and be so spiritual on me and say I've never had a problem with God. How many of you have ever had a problem with God? Yeah, God, it didn't work just like I said it was supposed to. When I wanted it to, how I wanted it to. So I had to I had to check, go back and check in my heart, in myself, am I okay with God? It could be a breach in relationship between you and yourself. Because you won't forgive yourself for something you did back in nineteen thirteen. Back before you was, somewhere back there, something happened, you did something. I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you sinned since you've been saved? How many of you have ever sinned to the point where you still have not forgiven yourself for that sin because you keep bringing it up all the time? you are not allowing God to complete the work in your life because you won't shut up mention it to him every time you go to the altar to pray some people still praying over things that happened 30 years ago 20 years ago listen it doesn't matter if it was yesterday when you repent it's over with God forgives you you forgive yourself <coughs> It may be a breach. Are y'all getting these breaches? Between you and others. You and somebody else. Remember well, uh, uh, that you have to walk in that unconditional love. See, a spiritual rooted disease is the result of separation from God. I know you don't want to hear this. I know you don't want to hear this, but I got to lay with it. I don't want to get up at 2 o'clock See, separation from yourself and separation from others. The beginning of all healing of spiritual rooted disease is this. Reconciliation with God and His love. Receiving His love. Reconciliation with Him as your Father. And making your peace with God. You reconcile yourself unto God. That's the beginning. Because if you have a breach in your relationship with Him, it's not His fault. You're going to have to go to Him, even though He will come to you. But you need to go to Him, and you need to settle this thing and and reconcile with God and His love so that you can receive this love. Receive it. Listen to me. Whatever it takes to to move back into that place with God. It may be getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning and praying and seeking Him uh, until you can, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that breach has been closed. Amen. Don't fight that. Don't fight it. Give in to it because if God thinks that your relationship is, uh, is, is important enough to Him to get you up at 2 o'clock in the morning, my God, get up. Amen. Get up. Talk to Him. Reconcile yourself to him. Reconcile to that love. Make your peace with him. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something now. Uh, how many of you, you know, you 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 struggle with God? You wrestle with God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, He He told you. He told you to do something. And it feels like during the night, He's just wake up, come on, I told you, I told you, then you wake up and the first thing on your mind is what God said, and you've argued with him, I'm just using him now, I could do all y'all this way, (laughs) I may be prophesying, I don't know, hallelujah, but you argued with him, you argued with him, he said, he said, do it, and you said, no, he said, do it, and you said, no, he said, do it, and you said, you said, "You, you would use the excuse, I don't know if it's God. I don't know if that's God said. That. I don't know. Just, it just may be, it may be the devil. Yeah, yeah. It may be, it may be just me. Ain't a whole lot of difference between you and the devil. But anyway. <laughs> it may be. Maybe. I don't know if it's God. And that's the excuse we use. What do you do? Well, you, number one, you know it's God. Number two, get in the word and prove it. Get into the Word. Say, God, just, just let me see. Just let me see something here. God, let me have a foundation here. I'm not doubting you, God. I just want a foundation here that I can, I can hold to and apply and get this in my heart. Amen. I've done that. Uh, and when it comes to preaching, I've done that. The call to preach and different things. So, so we have to reconcile ourselves to God. Now we have to reconcile ourselves with ourselves we got to learn how to forgive ourselves we don't know how to forgive ourselves and we hold our grudge against ourselves because we made we did something stupid we made a stupid mistake we did something stupid ignorant boy we just can't get over how stupid it was and we just keep talking to ourselves and 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 it just keeps coming into our Thought life and we just get mad at ourselves why did you do it sometimes you just want to suck yourself you know because it, it 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 just the stupidest thing in the world to have done how could I have done that how could I how, why didn't I see what was going on why didn't this happen here no 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 we just keep unforgiveness in our heart toward ourselves we have to reconcile we have to get over it we have to we have to ask God to forgive us then we forgive ourselves and then move on with God. And then we have to reconcile ourselves to others. Sometimes in the process of forgiving ourselves, somebody else is involved in it. They the one that was making us make that decision we made. So we had to we have to get it and we have to reconcile and forgive others. Listen, church, some people God knows I've had to fight with this one. I don't want to forgive them. Now, they done made me mad. They attacked me in a place where they should not attack me. Some people that that's been in this church. I, you know how difficult for me was to pray for God to bless them. I just go back and use that scripture. God said, mark those who cause contention amongst you. I like, God, I'm marking them right now. I'm going to mark his left eye. I'm going to mark that right eye. I'm going to mark his nose. God says, vengeance is mine. I say, do it now, God. Amen. Now's the a good time for vengeance. Hey Amen. Get mad, madam, boys. You'll see them in the store and just stare them down. Yeah. You know. mm. So you have to reconcile yourself to others. Now, you don't, you don't reconcile yourself to the sin that somebody else commits, you don't reconcile that, but you reconcile your feelings. You've got to get that unconditional love opened up and moving in that direction brother McGraw used to tell me he'd tell me this he'd tell me that <coughs> he said boy you better learn this early he says when people uh, harm you in that church he said they will if you'll stay sweet in your spirit they will have to call you to pray for them. now that's proved out over my life several different times that, that was if you stay true and you know the people who did that, I really didn't even know they didn't they were doing what they did. They were just behind the back. And one guy called me from the hospital. And he said, I need you to come down here. Hadn't seen him in four or five years. They they asked him, said, Who do you want to come pray for you? He said, I want Pastor Williams to come pray for me. And they called me and I went down there and he said, he said, I got you here. I got he said, I, I think I'm fixing to die. He said, but I've got to make things right with you. He said, "God's stirring my heart." I said, "Well, sir, I don't know anything you've done to me." And uh, he said, "Yeah," and he named off some things, and, which I didn't. I st- I'd have to really, really go back in my memory bank to to f- remember any of that. I, I, you know, it wouldn't. I, it really didn't affect me the way he thought it did. So he was, God protects you, and when people are mean to do you wrong, God will protect you, and it won't. He said, they're, they're bad to turn into good for you. And so, so he apologized. Tell me, in about three days he died. And, uh, but we have to reconcile ourselves with others. We have to do it. See, a lot of people under, misunderstand the term to fear the Lord. And we actually, we're actually af- uh, afraid of him because of that word. See, you see in the scriptures, the, the fear of the Lord or the fear of God, there, there are about 14 different Hebrew words and about seven Greek words that are translated into English as fear. So, so the one specific translated fear when referring to, the, to fear of God has to do with reverential respect because we honor Him for who He is. We, we're respecting Him. So you can respect somebody, for who they are, but it doesn't mean you have to be afraid of them. See, see, if, if you are afraid of him in that matter, then you're afraid to approach him. That's right. And God doesn't want you afraid to come into his presence. He matter he, he tells us to come boldly before the throne of God. Amen. He said, Come on, come boldly. He said, Come, don't be afraid. Come boldly in front of the ask and uh, for that that you receive. So when we talk about fear, we're not talking about being afraid of God in that manner. So from that standpoint, if the breach is between God and ourselves and others, then the beginning of all healing is reconciliation with God. Making peace with ourselves and making peace with our brother. Because 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Now the third part of that is because fear hath torment. See, I told you there's no fear in love. Perfect love cast out fear. Now the third part is that fear hath torment. It is that fear, uh, it is that fear that has torment, which produces uh, uh, the sickness and the diseases and makes a person paranoid. It's that fear that has torment that pr- produces. Uh, an identity disorder. See, and, uh, it's that fear that has torment that produces a lot of mental, psychological diseases. And e- either through the inherited component of genetics or the inherited familiar spirits that come to produce it. Most of these things that happen upstairs in our mind occur because we are afraid. They happen because we're afraid. And then number four, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. But what that means is this. You have fear because you are in breach somewhere in your relationship at some level with a parent, with a boss, with a teacher, with a pastor, with a spouse, with your church. And this could be anybody that you didn't feel safe with who did not cover you with perfect love, and boy, we got to get into that just for a moment here. I got plenty of time. No singing this morning. See what happens to y'all when they don't sing? It's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. If they sing, I don't preach alone. So, so it, it talks about someone who did not cover you in their per- with their perfect love. They didn't nurture you. They didn't forgive you did not cover you in your weakness, drove you and made you attempt to be perfect. It could be someone who put you down, wouldn't kiss you, wouldn't hold your hand, wouldn't, wouldn't hug you, wouldn't tell you that they loved you, wouldn't give you support. Everything that has happened on that level of you are not made perfect in love. See, now, now here we go. See, when this is the only illustration that I can come up with on this is that you and I meet. My position is to cover you with that perfect love that flows out of me, with that perfect love. Do we cover one another with that perfect love? No matter who it is, but especially in church, we should cover one another. See, sometimes we think it's God's responsibility, it's the pastor's responsibility, but it's our responsibility. Because if I cover you with that perfect love, then you can't hurt me. And number one, I'm not afraid that you will hurt me. It ain't got anything to do, yeah, I trust you. But it hasn't really got anything to do with that. See, If I cover you, then I can't be hurt. Now now if you don't cover me back, then you can allow someone to hurt you. Amen. But you have to we have to cover one another with this perfect love. Amen. You know, if somebody comes in, they're disgruntled, you're not supposed to push them away and yeah. not enough, cover them. Amen. Cover them. They got issues in their life, cover them. That's why people leave churches, because, because they fail to get covered in a lot of area, and they don't cover anybody. Go right. one read, they don't even know what I'm talking about. No, I have no idea what, the, what we're talking about when we're talking about covering one another with, with the Word of God. <clears throat> See, if you're able to give and receive love, then you have no fear now I want to ask you how many people in in here have difficulty receiving love and how many people in here have difficulty giving love you don't have to raise your hand but I do want you to answer that question to yourself how many of you have ever thought well I don't need nobody I got Jesus me and Jesus got a own thing going now yeah me and Jesus I don't need nobody I don't need nobody you know, at church, I don't need nobody in that church. I don't need nobody around me. I can I love myself. Amen. But how many of you have difficult receiving love? And how many of you have difficult giving it? Have you ever seen somebody that they they wanted to give, 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 give to, but they didn't want nobody giving back to? No, 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 no. Give it to somebody else. Don't give it to me. You know, I don't need it. Give it to somebody They have a lot of difficulty in receiving love. They They have a problem with you loving them. They don't have no problem loving you. They have a problem with you loving them. If you're unable to give and receive love, then you have the fear that we're talking about. And that fear produces these diseases all the way from, from, from A to Z. Uh, and again, it, it's important that we pay attention to 2 Timothy 1 and 7. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I, I trust that you have gained an insight into the spiritual roots of all these diseases coming out of fear, anxiety, and stress. You need to, there, there's a better way to live. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And then in Jeremiah 6:14 he said, They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Amen. Amen. So so the, the, the heart now now you're not gonna walk out of here today and uh, and have all your problems solved because now you love everybody. Yeah and everybody love you. You know, we just all in love. Now if you like me, I had sixty years I had to look back and deal with there. not And and most probably the last five years deal with some things that caused me to separate myself from God. Every day, praying, every day reading my Bible, every day and just not really, really, really realizing that I wasn't trusting God completely in my life. There was areas in my life where I just didn't pray about no more. There were things that went on I just didn't pray about no more. I had to reconcile that to God. I had to ask God to forgive me, and and then I had to to reconcile that thing to God, and I had to be sure that I was reconciled to myself, that I I'm I'm clear with me. And then I had to be sure that there was nobody in my life that I needed to go and reconcile myself with. And there still may be somebody there that had not popped up yet. Maybe when I see their ugly face, I'll know it. <laughs> well, I'll take care of it. Trust me. I'll take care of it. Amen. Stand with me. Father God, I love and praise and worship you and thank you, Jesus, for all that you've doing and all that you've done in my life. I just pray that you'll touch us afresh and anew. Let this word come alive into our hearts. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.